0: launch and optimize web pages fast. That means you can set ambitious marketing goals and your site can rise to that challenge. Learn why teams like Dropbox, IDEO, and Orange Theory all trust Webflow to achieve their most ambitious goals today at webflow.com. Want to drive greater success in social commerce? With Deloitte's latest creator economy research, you can. After surveying over 500 creators and 500 brands, our insights are helping CMOs and marketing teams harness the power of content creators. And not only that, but how to do it well. See for yourself by visiting cmo.deloitte.com today. This episode of the CMO Podcast is part of our Leadership During Crisis series. For these short episodes, I am inviting back previous guests see how they are leading during the pandemic, how they are addressing new challenges, and how they are providing for their consumers, their employees, and the public during these unprecedented times. Today, my guest on Leadership During Crisis is Greg Lyons, the Chief Marketing Officer, PepsiCo Beverages, North America. We talk in this episode about how Greg and his team are dealing with the upending effects of COVID-19 on their business, how beverages are shifting in terms of how they're being consumed, and we talk about how his team is demonstrating empathy and purpose to make the best out of these difficult times we are all working through. This is my conversation with Greg Lyons. Welcome, Greg, to the CMO Podcast. I am so looking forward to this. And I assume we are recording this and talking to you from your home.
1: You are correct. Thanks for having me, Jim. Excited to be here.
0: Uh, Me too. So, I want to, on a scale of one to 10, you know, we're in the middle of COVID 19. You're at home now. On a scale of one to 10, how are you doing? With 10 being outstanding.
1: I'd give myself a good eight right now. Uh, Jim, I start every day with gratitude. Um, Grateful for being part of a loving family, grateful for having my health, and grateful for being actively employed right now. And so uh, the good news is you're catching me at about one or two o'clock in the afternoon. If you ask me a little bit later, it might be a little bit lower number, but uh, I start every day as a 10, and I think I probably end up about a seven after being on Zoom all day. (laughs) I I read an article that uh, Zoom takes 20% more of your brain capacity when you're on it than uh, when you're in a face-to-face meeting, because your brain's making up for stuff that it doesn't see, so... We're all, all day long using 20% more of our, our brain capacity. So it's a, it is a little exhausting, but overall, all good right now. Thank you for asking.
0: We're a few months into the pandemic, and everyone's speculating about what habits are going to stick with people, You know what things will go back to, quote, normal, and which things will change. What do you think is one lasting impact from this pandemic experience all of us are going through?
1: Well, uh, it's really interesting. We just did this study right before the pandemic, uh, and it was a study on empathy. Uh, we're on a massive journey at PepsiCo to be much more data informed in our marketing. And what I was worried about is as we continue that journey, um, that our marketers might lose that empathy for the, the human being and treat, uh, everyone as a, as a data point. And so we're doing both. Um, And we did a study right before the pandemic, not knowing the pandemic was coming, and asked people how important empathy is to them um, in their everyday lives. And so well over 90% said it was incredibly important that they were treated with empathy. And then we asked what percentage of people thought that American society was empathetic. And that number was unfortunately really low. It was 43% of people thought that uh, there was empathy in our society, including how brands um, marketed. Um, and we did that study again a couple of weeks ago, right um, in the middle of this. And it was interesting. Most of the numbers stayed the same, but the one that really jumped and went up over 20% was how empathetic the we are as a society in the U.S. So that's now over 50%. And uh you know doing lots of studies that doesn't jump uh, numbers like that don't jump over a month period very often that much and so that gives me great heart that as brands that we're being more empathetic in how we market um but also as people how we're treating each other and that we really understand and care what everyone's going through and again i've seen that in my department and in my household and in my town. And I think we're all going to be better off because of that. I think it's the new normal. Beautiful.
0: So what PepsiCo product has been most important for you over the last eight weeks?
1: Um, You know what? I drink about, I've got one right here. I drink about four or five bubblies a day. Um, They're refreshing. They've got the bubbles that keep me, uh, uh, going and, you know, they're, it's healthy and uh, keeps you hydrated. So bubbly is probably my go-to drink. I have been uh, having breakfast at home every day, like proper breakfast at home, sometimes with my kids if they get up and uh, have trop and Quaker for breakfast every day. So I, I, I am living a full PepsiCo uh, day and night here. But I'd say bubbly and Tropicana are probably the two that are the best for me right now.
0: We have Tropicana in our fridge now. Of course, Mountain Dew is coming in handy. I have young people living with me now. So it's a a kind of a Mountain Dew life. And I'm having a double espresso. So just for the record. Okay. (laughs) Now tell me about uh, what's the biggest non-obvious change in your life since
1: the crisis began? And I also want to
0: hear about what the biggest non-obvious change is for your kids.
1: You have how many at home? So uh I now have four at home. So this has been an interesting family uh experiment for me as well. So I just recently got engaged and we uh, to a, a wonderful woman named Beth and she's got two great kids and they just moved into my house and I have two kids. So I now have four teenagers and three dogs living in my house and they moved in about three weeks before lockdown. And so we're on an accelerated learning curve of integrating a new family together. And so, um, you know, what uh, we're learning every day, uh, all the little idiosyncrasies that would probably take a little bit longer uh, to figure out. Um, So yeah, the new kids understand that my son is a little bit smelly and he doesn't shower so often. <laughs> and so now they're helping him with his hygiene and um, we're learning sleep schedules and we're learning who likes to do homework when and who's going to play more Xbox than the other person. And so lots of stuff going on in the house. Um, But I am so lucky and again, grateful to have a lot of people with me in the house um, and lots of people to hang out with and do different things with. I know a fair amount of people on my team and are living in the city right now and they're by themselves. And I think that would be, you know, I would certainly welcome that for a few days right now, but (laughs) I think uh, going more than a few days, that would be really hard as well. So we're, we're obviously looking out for them.
0: Well, congratulations on your engagement. Has the virus had any impact on the wedding time or wedding date?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, we were tentatively planned to... So the big move was moving in. Um, and so we we got that in just in time. Uh, we were tentatively planning to do it this fall. We've both been married before. And so a big, um, a big wedding wasn't in our future. But I think... Um, we're now potentially looking to next year instead of the fall because of this uh, new craziness. It's tough to plan anything right now.
0: I, we, my wife and I had seven weddings we were supposed to go to this summer. They're all off. Yeah. And most of them are pushed back a year. So,
1: Yep. That's probably us too. Yeah. So anyway, the biggest
0: non-obvious change in your life, professionally, personally, we've heard about. Everyone knew yeah, in the household. How about professionally?
1: So it, it's actually in both parts of my life. So this is a, you know, this is a game changer. This is a life changing event we're all going through. Uh, and I personally, we can maybe talk about that later. I personally went through a life changing event a few years ago when my wife passed away. But this one, everyone is, everyone's lives affected. And what I learned when I went through my life-changing event is that as you adjust to your new normal, you're just a little bit different as a person, as a human being. And one of the things that I think, and, and, and this new normal is a little bit worse for everyone, I think, right now. So, gosh, imagine you've lost a loved one before their time, or you've lost your job, or lots of people are trying to figure out how to make ends meet. There's lots of uncertainty. There's lots of stress. But I do think some good things are going to come out of this. And one of the good things that I've seen both at home and at work that I didn't realize was going to happen until it happened has to do with empathy. And let me start. Uh, let me start at work. So we used to run by each other in the halls and ask, how, how are you doing? And people would say, fine. Um, and then you'd move on. When we talk to each other now on our Zoom calls, the first thing we ask is, how are you doing? And then we really talk about it and we really want what's best for each other in a real authentic human way. And lots of people are struggling with this. And I couldn't be happier with uh, the department um, and PepsiCo in general right now on how we really genuinely are showing empathy for each other and looking out for each other and, and caring for each other. And I see that how we're treating each other. And I also see that in our marketing. Um, I think that our brands are now much more in tune with how people are feeling and how we're gonna market and making sure that we're not tone deaf and you know that we're doing things that are genuinely helping people and making lives better. So this, this empathy, um, how people are helping each other, caring about each other, and, um, much more in tune with how other people are feeling, I think is going to stick coming out of this. That is a positive part.
0: We've all been there. You spend millions of dollars each year driving traffic to your company's website, and then the results come in and they're just not what you hoped. On top of that, 81% of marketing leaders say website ownership is a challenge. So what do you do? Well, you switch to webflow. Let me tell you why. Webflow's visual-first platform empowers your team to own your company's most valuable dynamic marketing asset, your website. From launching a new site to optimizing for SEO and conversions, Webflow gives you the tools you need to drive business growth fast. Unlock your website's full potential when you build, manage, and host with Webflow. Get started today at webflow.com. You know, we're at a time when everyone's speculating about... Commerce habits, consumer habits, relationships, and you're one of the top thought leaders in business, certainly in marketing and brand building. You've done some remarkable things in your career, so I want to play a little bit of a game with you to get into this podcast. And I haven't done this before, so it's a first for me. We'll see how it goes. Okay, me too. Yeah, right. So I'm calling it the future of, and I'm going to do the future of something. Then I'd like you to give a. You know, a brief comment on that. You ready to go? You game? I'm ready. I'm good. So the first one, an easy one, the future of brand purpose.
1: Yeah, obviously the brands that uh, have strong purpose are thriving right now. Um, And I do think it's interesting. I think this pandemic has moved a few things forward probably three to five years. Uh, I think how people shop on e-commerce for foods and beverages is certainly moving forward a few years. and I do think the brands with purpose, the brands that handle themselves that are authentically clear on what they stand for and are truly making, uh, have a societal role or making the world a better place, I think are the ones that people are going to remember more so during this time, uh, coming out of it. And so I, I think the future purpose is as marketers and as brands. We're going to move there at an accelerated pace, and it's going to become more prevalent than ever. And I think the world's going to be a better place because of it. We just got to be careful that we do it in the right way. Um, Lots of times we screw that up as marketers.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. The future of advertising.
1: Well, advertising is such a difficult word. Um, It means so many different things to to different people. But um, I got a question yesterday from someone about, hey, is this going to accelerate agency use versus in-house creative use? And um, I think the answer to that is no uh, for us. I think we're pretty well advanced. We have an in-house creative agency and we use wonderful external agency. And I think you always need a balance. Um, I do think the content that we're advertising as we move to more purpose brands um might shift a little bit, but um, I think that um the way that it'll probably shift the most is what I'm talking about uh or what I talked about earlier is I really feel that the brands that are gonna be best are the ones with empathy that are really gonna be talking about things that are the most relevant to uh people who are taking in that content obviously it's um advertising going to be more targeted than ever as technology increases our ability to segment and and find the right people with the right message at the right time but i guess in summary it's going to be um more empathetic um more targeted um more purpose led um, and I think more effective. The
0: future of challenger brands versus established brands. Hmm. You know, there's some data saying that the majority of growth now is coming from established brands, which is right. very different from a few months ago. Interesting yeah, exactly. dynamic. I
1: was, I was just going to say that. Uh, we feel really good about our established brands right now although we are acting in a way that challenger brands act internally right now so we're uh, making faster decisions we're being a little bit more nimble and uh, you know trying some new things on uh, our go to market but i do think that um i think both are always going to exist I think when people are really panicked and stressed out, these established brands that have built trust over the years are the ones that are going to win. And so certainly in the next year, I feel really great about established brands. But eventually, I think uh, challenger brands will come up. And I think that's good for established brands. I think having run in a bunch of established brands myself, I think that keeps us on our toes and makes us better.
0: I agree. You referred to this one, but the future of food and beverage commerce
1: right, so um e commerce is still a very small part of uh food and beverage sales right now. I do think it's also the fastest growing um and i think uh I think it's got a real shy if you look at China, you know we are at twenty five thirty percent of food and beverages in uh through e commerce. I don't know if we'll ever get there in the u s but it's certainly um it's going to be a, a much bigger role than we have now. And I think our retailers are getting really good at it. So if you look at the Walmarts and the Kroger's of the world, they're clicking collect, they're getting very, very savvy on it. And then of course you got the Amazons and Instacart. So I think that's going to be a really robust, competitive uh, channel. And you got some very smart and savvy and well-funded players there. And I do think it's, it is going to make it easier as as more and more consumers try it it's just getting easier and easier and so um i think that will continue to be the fastest growing channel and i feel good about our position there right now
0: the future of the super bowl halftime show
1: ha. Uh-huh. <laughs> well um I, I certainly hope we have my goodness i miss sports so much jim um I was watching my kids have a catch outside last night and that was entertainment for me. I I cannot wait for sports to come back and gosh, I hope that it's soon. Um, and I I really hope we have an NFL season and that we have a Super Bowl this year. And if we do have a Super Bowl this year, I, or if we do have an NFL season, when we do, knock on wood, um, I think there's just gonna be this emotional, outpouring of, yes, it's back. And uh, I'm thrilled that we're a, we're a lead sponsor of the NFL. I think the halftime show is when our brand Pepsi is at its best. Um, it's sports, it's music, it's culture, and it's wonderful entertainment. And I felt great about last year's uh, or this year's, I guess. Yeah. And um, I think next year is going to be even, even bigger and better. So uh, I'm excited about it.
0: You always do that. It's always bigger and better. We
1: try. <laughs> yeah, um, the you do. Top, topping last year's is going to be It's going to be hard. Yeah,
0: it was, fa- <laughs> it was fabulous. The future of work in companies like yours.
1: Yeah, I touched on this a little bit too. I do think um, we're making decisions a lot faster. I'll talk to the marketing department. We, have, um, we used to meet once every two weeks, my leadership team. We meet every morning on Zoom right now. Um, and it's quick. Uh, is just giving updates, making sure everyone's on the same page and making decisions. I think that, um, the decisions that we're making used to be, we would pretty much stick into the silo of marketing. Obviously we'd work with the other functions on, on big programs, but the decisions we're making right now, I feel are much more end to end um, and holistic and Im- involved in supply chain and the channels. And so, and, and the sales team. And so I feel that, um, that faster decision-making that end to end thinking, we're much more, uh, nimble. We're moving a whole bunch of resources around. We've got project teams going to make us stronger coming out of this. I think those, along with empathy, I think those are here to stay. And I think that's going to make us better. Um, So I hope that that's the future of the marketing department.
0: That was my conversation with Greg Lyons. I love this leader's vulnerability, his passion for his people, his passion for his work, his passion for creativity. And if you enjoyed this, I encourage you to listen to the full episode of Greg Lyons on the CMO podcast, where he speaks about his entire life. He speaks about a personal tragedy and how that affected him as a leader. It was the passing of his wife several years ago. It's a wonderful podcast full of learning, lessons, poignancy. That's it for this episode of our Leadership During Crisis series. We hope you enjoyed this follow up episode and found value and insight into how these leaders and brands are operating during this pandemic. If you found this episode interesting or helpful, I would be so grateful if you shared it with your friends and if you gave the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Subscribe to the show and get notified every time we publish a new episode. The CMO Podcast is a Gallery Media Group original production.